Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1222, air date May 30th, 2023. Hello, everyone. Good evening. It is uh, a little bit, uh, it's about 10 of uh, 10 here in Boston time. And um, we're about to have a very, very interesting discussion on uh, an important topic that's extremely relevant. Um, and it's about uh, why the United States should get out of NATO and we need to start supporting our veterans. And that's what we're going to be talking about. Before I start, what I want to share with all of you uh, as people are joining us is something very, very important is that two days ago, was it um, this past uh, weekend, Sunday, Monday, yesterday, was Veterans Day. And Veterans Day is used to commemorate the nearly 1.5 million veterans uh, in the United States starting in 1776 who fought for some very important rights that were given um, to a group of humans in the United States called Americans. In fact, only 4% of the uh, people in the United States have this right, which is the freedom of speech and, and other things called the Bill of Rights. So 1.5 million veterans uh, fought dying for those rights. At least that's what they were told. Unfortunately, many of them also died uh, fighting for the elites in wars of imperialism. And we'll talk more about that. But today we're going to talk about the fact that there's another imperialist war taking place among, you know, two different oligarchs in um in, in Europe uh, between Ukraine and Russia. And as a part of talking about that, I wanna uh, state that as many of you know, I'm running for president of the United States. And the first thing I would do as president of the United States, one of the first things is pull the United States out of NATO. So um, before we start that discussion, I want everyone to number one, know that the, the truth that our movement for truth, freedom, health shares the truths that I share are heavily being shadow banned by people like Elon Musk and, and big tech, as many of you know. So please, if you see this first thing, share it, you know, or retweet it, whatever platform you're on, but share it. Number two, if you have the ability to notify or subscribe so you can get notifications, please do that and like it as uh, we have your like and share this video with others. Follow us on social media. Sign up as a free member at truthfreedomhealth.com to receive unfiltered updates uh, from uh, Dr. Sheep, which is me, and the Truth, Freedom, Health movement. So please go do that. All right. Um, thanks. The discussion that we're going to have today, uh, let me lay it out in the summary. We're going to, first of all, um, discuss with all of you, what some of you may know, what was NATO? Why was it formed? Where did it come from? Uh, we're going to talk about who were the original members of NATO. Um, how it expanded, the in, initial promises that were made. Then we're going to talk about um, what the challenges uh, of NATO were uh, during the Soviet era, era. What happened after the Soviet Union collapsed to NATO? What was it supposed to do? And then we're going to talk about where NATO is today and um, how it has expanded. And we have to come to the conclusion there is no reason for NATO when I go through that. Within that educational context, one of the things I'm going to talk about today that's going to be uh, very important, all of you to understand, is that there is a budget discussion that's taking place right now. And you're going to see that um, 
the U.S. military, U.S.-NATO um, uh, military, uh, USA to Ukraine is part of the discretionary budget and it's unlimited. However, the budget, as we're going to talk about for veterans, is limited. And we're going to also compare the budget um, per, per head that goes to veterans versus the budget when you send it to Ukraine uh, per active personnel in, in Ukraine. So it'll give you some numbers on where our priorities um, uh, are and where they should be. So that's what we're going to discuss today. All right. So I want to welcome everyone. Before I begin this, let me first of all um, play a short video for you um, so you all understand why I'm running for president and what the importance of this. But the most important thing is our run for president is not under the Republican banner. It's not under the Democrat banner. It's under the banner of independence, um, even not in an independent party, but to build a bottoms up movement. And this is paradigm changing. So um, let's play this video so it'll give you really an understanding of our campaign. Who would have ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses, and coding software. My friends and neighbors are blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first U.S. copyright for email, recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace, by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India to have us fighting each other while they remained safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard, and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not-so-obvious establishment. Across left and right, we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They printed trillions for their friends. They delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption and racism. They transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering and fake science, lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out. One set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time, never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed their fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system, saving millions. I exposed Fauci, galvanized the fire Fauci campaign when others remained silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit, exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure, the unholy alliance between government and social media companies. Where was Elon and his grifters? They stood by the sidelines and did nothing. They did not use their megaphones to help us when it could have made a big difference. Now our movement grows for truth, freedom, health. 
independent of all of them. Every day millions are learning the science of systems, the knowledge the elites do not want you to have, so you may learn how to think, stand up, and fight, independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for President of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people, for the working people, who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back truth, freedom, health, to win back America, be part of this historic movement all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, pledge your vote now for Dr. Shivaya Duray, the independent candidate for U.S. president. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shivaya Duray, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Shiva for president. All right, Egon, good morning or good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Uh, today's discussion um, is about why the United States must get out of NATO and start supporting our veterans. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about. As I shared, it was only, you know, 24, 48 hours ago, we had Memorial Day in the United States to commemorate um, and honor the nearly 1.5 million veterans since the founding of the United States that have fought in many, many wars, um, many wars uh, of imperialism, but most of those soldiers died um, in their mind fighting for freedom and to protect things like free speech, which are being decimated by people like Elon Musk, who claims he's fighting for it, but he's actually um, destroying it. But you can see many of the videos on that. Today, we're going to be really talking about, as I mentioned, NATO, why they exist, why they should not exist, why the United States should get out of them. By the way, if you look at this diagram here, that's a picture of me in 2007 um, in front of 20,000 people. And I raised a banner called U.S. out of Iraq. At that time, I was 40 years old. That's about 19 years ago. Sorry, 16 years ago. The reason I put that up is I've been an anti-war activist pretty much most of my life, nearly uh, probably since I was 15, uh, 16 years old. That almost goes back uh, 47 years, uh, sorry, 43 years, okay? Um, and the reason I say that is that I came up with a really deep understanding as a child because I grew up in some very interesting conditions, not only in India, um, uh, uh, you know, in this oppressive caste system, but I also grew up among working class people in New Jersey. When I first came to the United States, in 1970, I was seven years old, and what you saw on our little black and white TV was soldiers being um, brought back in body bags, um, uh, you know, Vietnamese and Americans dying, everyday poor working people. We didn't see the elites dying, fighting that war, but we did see lots of working people, poor people dying on both sides. So I was very moved by that. And as I studied politics, uh, more and more by the time I was a teenager, 17, and I had come to MIT, I realized that these wars were really wars of imperialism. And the conundrum or the confusion that 
people get into, and you have to be careful about this if you follow the mainstream media, is they make it about country X versus country Y, right? U.S. versus France or U.S. versus Central America, U.S. versus Cuba or Russia versus Ukraine. And we have to step away from that concept and recognize who is actually on the ground fighting. Who is on the ground fighting is not Donald Trump, is not, you know, uh, uh, Booby Kennedy, is not Joe Biden. In fact, he uh, uh, dodged the draft. And you go down um, and you find out many of these elites either dodged the draft or they got very cushy positions when they went to these wars and they were teeing themselves up to run for political office. So who was dying in these wars? 80, 90% of the people are poor working class or middle class people. And they're fighting against other poor working class or middle class people, all right? So we need to recognize this at a very deep human level. Um, there have been definitely some wars where people rose up in mass to fight against a real oppressor, okay? That's important points in world history, right? Slaves fighting against their master. Um, when the people of the United States during that brief time fought against the king, right? When mass movements took place. So those I would argue are wars of liberation, but many of the wars we see today are really wars of imperialism. And we need to make uh, that distinction so we're all clear in our heads and we don't get caught in this left-right, you know, this, you know, um, the New York Mets versus the Yankees or something like that, because this is much more important. So I uh, became a, a serious anti-war activist once I realized all of this. Uh, at MIT, when I was a student, we organized some of the largest protests. When Reagan was office, he was doing all these covert wars. And you have to understand the architect of all of these wars really was Henry Kissinger, which I did a video on yesterday. And the person that brought this demon really into U.S. politics was not Nixon, not Johnson, but John F. Kennedy, who himself was a reckless human being who was made up to act as made up by the PR machine as though he was some great god or something, but he wasn't. But he was an imperialist himself. He almost got all of us killed in um, uh, you know the nuclear uh, situation with Cuba. And you can go look at his history. But fundamentally, um, he was really the tipping point of where the U.S. really went all out into imperialism. Now, let's review um, uh, the history, a little bit of history. I've done other videos on this, but let's review um, why NATO was formed. What does NATO mean? N NATO stands for North Atlantic Treaty Organization, N-A-T-O, all right? Now, NATO was formed um, after World War II. Um, as you know, this uh, after World War II ended, the Soviet Union uh, erected what became known as a quote-unquote Iron Curtain, right? And that's what I grew up hearing about, you know, the Iron Curtain. And that was to seal itself off from Eastern and Central uh, European allies uh, um, um, from open contact with the West and other communist areas, right? So basically the Soviet Union organized itself and they literally um, uh, essentially put this iron curtain up that no one could come there. And they essentially, in fact, Germany was split into East Germany and West Germany, right? You had physically a wall called the Berlin Wall. Now, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization was formed in 1949, right after World War II. And it was created with a specific mission to be a deterrent to the threat of Soviet expansion into Europe. So Soviet Union had sealed itself off, right? And 
um, the NATO in 1949 was formed because um, the Western powers were afraid that NATO was going to come into Europe. Why was the West so afraid of um, you know, the Soviet Union? We could get into sort of the base military things and expansionism, but you have to understand, and it's a longer discussion, but when you go study the history of Russia, there was a period of Russian history that um, Russian history, what, uh, during 1917, there was a bottoms up movement that was at a very foundational level, quite revolutionary. And if you read John Reed's book, 10 Days That Shook the World, it was the first time working class people did seize power. Now it only lasted a brief period of time, um, but nonetheless, it was a very powerful event in human history. And if you look at 1917 and you look at what occurred after 1917 globally, it was quite impactful. But regardless, that event uh, had a huge, powerful impact on Western imperialism. All right. So NATO was formed to contain, uh, quote unquote, capital C communism, which was represented in the Soviet Union. Now, who were the original members? Uh, of NATO, um, and what was basis uh, for the strength and alliance, right? Um, well, it, the 12 founding NATO members of the alliance were the United States, which really funded the whole thing, United Kingdom, Belgium, Canada, Denmark, France, Iceland, Italy, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, Norway, and Portugal. So let me repeat that again. So you had, and pretty much these were the main allies fighting in World War II, but you had, again, the United States, United Kingdom, Belgium, Canada, Denmark, France, Iceland, Italy, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, Norway, and Portugal. And they agreed in their charter, part of this whole thing was that an armed attack on any one of them was an attack, um, or, or, or one or more of them uh, um, uh, would be considered an attack against all of them, right? So it was all for one, one for all. Um, and this important clause um, in that NATO agreement formed the backbone of the alliance's strength. So, so they said, if someone attacks France, we all go after that person. If someone attacks Iceland, we all go after that person, okay? It's very important to understand. And um, so all, furthermore, if Canada attacks someone, right, the other country, obviously the Soviet Union would think about NATO was attacking, not just Canada. So it, go, it went both ways, all right? So again, there were these 12 uh, initial countries, which were the founding members in 1949, and the goal was to contain the Soviet Union. That was a mission. Let me repeat that again. The goal was to contain the Soviet Union. At least that was a stated mission. So there was some quote-unquote mission and some purpose to this, at least stated on paper. We wanted to stop the expansion of communism, okay? Someone said a gang. Yeah, they were a gang, okay? Um so that's what the, the foundations of NATO were, all right? Now, what's also interesting to understand is um, what was um, NATO's greatest challenge during the Soviet era? Well, six years after the formation of NATO, and as a direct result of the alliance's rearming of West Germany, remember, Germany was East and West Germany, and there was a wall between there. I remember... In 1980, when Reagan went there and he said, take down that wall. And then finally the wall came down and that's a big event. OK, um, but um, six years after the formation of NATO, 1955, right, um, there was a, an a, the alliance started rearming West Germany and admitted um, West Germany. Remember, they called it West Germany because West Germany is 
separated by this wall. There was East Germany as part of the Soviet Union. And as a result of that, the Soviet Union gets upset and they create what's called the Warsaw Pact. So they brought together other Eastern European countries who sort of um, Russia's response to NATO. They created the Warsaw Pact Alliance um, because, um, uh, remember, we can't forget that Russia lost 27 million people in World War II, okay? So they were also apprehensive. And so the Soviet leaders were extremely apprehensive about Germany, right? Because Germany uh, was the aggressive power. So 1955, with the admission, um, uh, the rearming of West Germany, the submission to NATO, the Soviet Union um, starts, uh, creates a thing called the Warsaw Pact Alliance. Because remember, they had lost uh, 27 million people in the battle against uh, Hitler. Um, if you want to go read about it, just in one battle uh, it, uh, with the Nazis, in the Battle of Stalingrad, the Russian people lost 2 million lives. People were out there in pots and pans fighting the Nazis. So uh, if you want to give credit to actually who won World War II, it really goes back to the Russians. Um, and we have to really be uh, give credit where it's due. It's the Russian people, to be, to be clear, okay? So... Um, then the Soviet Union collapses, okay? Uh, in December 26, 1991, the Soviet Union collapsed. It was not any one factor, but the predominant factors were uh, when Reagan came into office in 1980, he started this arms race. And, and some people say that the arms race was started to really put the Soviet Union out of business. Um, and then another factor was, um, some people say Gorbachev was really a um, agent of the United States. Um, and uh, anyway, in 1991, the Soviet Union ceases to exist, um, and also the Soviet Union was crumbling under its own bureaucracy, um, what people like Enver Hoxha, uh, who was an uh, Albanian critic of Stalin and the, or, or the Soviet Union, not Stalin, but he, he termed the Soviet Union state capitalism, right? There were internal feuds among uh, communist theoret theoreticians. They said, he said, hey, look, the Soviet Union is basically, imagine a bunch of corporations got together with the government and he deemed that state capitalism. So the Soviet Union had its own government bureaucracy. It had this arms race with the U.S., right? Um, so the Soviet Union crumbles and it's brought to its knees. Um, and out of the ashes of the Soviet Union's crumbling in, on December 26, 1991, you have something called Russia forms. Russia meaning this one nation. It's not the Soviet Union that's gone. Um, so with the collapse of the Soviet Union threat, frankly, NATO lost its reason uh, for being. Because remember, the mission of NATO was to control and contain the Soviet Union. So overnight, not only did the Soviet Union cease to exist, but NATO should have also ceased to exist because there was no reason for NATO to exist. It should have disbanded, right? So, so if you look from, again, just to look at the history, 1949, NATO comes together to contain the Soviet Union. Well, they executed their mission, which is to destroy the Soviet Union, and they did. Um, so why does, what was the purpose of NATO? Why does NATO continue to exist, okay? And NATO not only continue to exist, but it starts expanding, as I'll uh, share. Um, so what ends up happening is um, uh, instead of NATO uh, disbanding with the collapse of the Soviet Union, again, there's no, their mission statement is completely lost. NATO starts rebranding themselves, okay? 
they start remodeling some themselves, re-imaging themselves um, to basically justify their existence. All right. So it's basically, uh, you know, the, the, the theater has shut down. Uh, the, the play is done. Um, but the actor is still looking to rebrand himself. Okay. And that's what NATO was trying to do. Um, so in fact, if you go look at NATO and USSR's diplomatic notes, um, the West pledged, West had pledged um, uh, after the collapse of the Soviet Union on December 26, 1991, quote, the, the U.S. would not expand one inch. And that's what Bush told Gorbachev. He goes, we will not, uh, senior Bush, George H.W. Bush, he said, we will not expand one inch, quote unquote, eastward. Um, but guess what? NATO does expand eastward. They expand eastward and they add 15 other countries were added to NATO after 1991. And when um, the, Russia said, hey, what are you doing expanding? Uh, Bush, basically, the, 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 from the Bush administration, well, we didn't put that in writing. That was just a verbal agreement. OK, but the point is NATO should have ceased to exist. Um, as someone said, NATO reneged. Exactly. OK, uh, someone says great history lesson. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, uh, by the way, I just want to emphasize to people that everything that I do, the reason I give this historical context is to engage people to understand something very important, that we need to actually build the bottoms up movement. We have to stop thinking about left and right. And this is where we teach people how to think in the movement for truth, freedom and health in all the courses and the systems. And I'll come back to that. I'll give a little more background on that. But Fundamentally, we need to understand history. As someone said, NATO reneged. In fact, not only did NATO renege, they should have collapsed. They expanded, okay? Because NATO is basically trying to say, what do we do? All these people are there. They have jobs. They've created this their own organism and they want to survive. So they expand. It's like a company is about to go out of business and they go start, um, um, you know, uh, in, instead of collapsing, they go buy other companies up and gobble them up to justify their existence. That's what NATO did. Now, what's the current present military situation of the US and NATO? Well, you will find out some very, very senior people in the military uh, have basically said that in the last, you know, three, four years, right, particularly in the last several years, um, uh, the United States is really is NATO. That's the first thing we need to understand. The U.S. is NATO. The U.S. is the number one provider of support money to NATO. And in fact, what's happened is the United States, after supplying NATO with munitions and weapons systems right now, think about what I'm going to say, has only about one week, OK, um, one week of um, munitions and missiles to fight a defensive war. If so, so think about what I'm saying. If a war broke out today, the United States only has one week. Um, and in fact, the rest of NATO fa fares no better. Both US and NATO militaries have become so big, they've expanded, right? Um, and corrupt that um, today we have about 800 military bases around the world, 800. And we're continuing to create more bases right now as we speak. In fact, we have today 44 write this down, 44 four-star generals on active duty in Air Army, Air Force, Navy, and Marines. And that's for a force of less than 1 million people today. So we have about 1.1 million 
um, people, you know, active duty people. And we have 44, 44 four-star generals, super top heavy. The reason I give that number, if you compare this to World War II, I mean, a war was raging. We had 12.2 million people in uniform at the height of that war. Um, and that's when we had 12.2 million troops. And we only had seven four-star generals, okay? We only had seven four-star generals who brought the U.S. to, you know, win the fight against uh, Hitler. Um, but we only, but we had a lot more people and a lot less people on top. Now we have 44 uh, four-star generals, top-heavy, and only 1.1 million troops. And you have to question, can these people even fight? Um, uh, a friend of mine was telling me, you know, before, you know, soldiers weren't allowed if they did drugs. He goes, everyone's doing weed you know, drugs and everyone looks the other way. So it's, un and most people are unhealthy in the military. It's unclear if, if these guys can even fight, okay? And as I just said, um, that if you look at the present military situation, after supplying Ukraine with all the munitions and weapons, the U.S. has literally only one week worth of munitions and missiles to fight a defensive war, all right? And and, and NATO's not, uh, in a worse situation so what, what, why am I sharing all this? What I'm sharing is that NATO should not exist. NATO has become its own machine. The military industrial uh, machinery has just become its own organization. They don't even have a purpose anymore. They're, the reason they exist is to simply exist and justify their existence. Let me repeat that again. The reason NATO and this entire military enterprise exists is to just um, to justify their own existence. You know, as I mentioned, there's 44 four-star generals um, compared to only seven four-star generals during the middle of World War II. We had 12 million soldiers, right? So they've become their entire organism, right? So it's this demon that's been created. It's this monster, and it has no nothing to do with defending the American people, defending the world. It exists for its own existence. Does that make sense? So the, so when I, by the way, when we say U.S., when we say NATO, you, you should just think an extension of the U.S. in Europe. That's what you should think about. And by the way, there's a massive military exercise that's about to take place with 45 countries coming up. As you also know, today, the last 24 hours, uh, about 12 Ukrainian drones um, um, hit residential areas in Moscow. So NATO exists to justify their own existence. So how do you justify your own existence? Well, you got to start crises. You got to start wars. You got to get people all excited that, 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 you, that your existence is justified in some way. So NATO is existing for its own existence. All right. Uh, thank you, Peter. Peter saying, um, sorry, Peter saying here, uh, I agree 100%. NATO should not exist. I guess it's a nice way to launder money. Yeah, Peter, you nailed it. Right. It's a nice way to launder money, and it's a nice way you've created an enterprise that's become its own institution of power. And if you think about right now what's going on in terms of the budget, and I went through the budget recently, okay? Um, you know, the uh, today's um, debt ceiling, compromised debt ceiling proposal contains $885 billion, $885 billion for, for the Defense Department. And when you add in, you know, a lot of the black intelligence, what I mean, not black people or black, 
um, folk. I'm talking about the undercover intelligence budgets. It's interesting they call black. Um, the total military budget proposal is over $1 trillion. And what we also need to recognize is that the budget line, uh, the budget for Ukraine right now is discretionary and it's unlimited. Let me repeat that again. The, the budget for Ukraine is discretionary and it's unlimited. So I went back and I did some quick math and I just said, hey, um, in the current budget, in the 2023 budget, what's the budget for veterans? And I compared that budget to how much money we spent for Ukraine, looked at those two. And I said, OK, how many veterans are there in the United States, which means what's their per capita per each veteran and how many soldiers are fighting in Ukraine for Ukraine? And if you took all the budget we send, how much is it per soldier in Ukraine? It's a very interesting analysis. Um, it's not exactly apples and apples, but it gives you a relative understanding of where the priorities of are of the military industrial complex. So let me uh, bring this up to you. So, so what you see here, um, I think you guys can see this. Yeah. So what you see here is veterans budget, number of veterans and dollar per veteran. So in the 2023 plan, when I could add it up, it looked like roughly, I'm being very generous here, about $150 billion um, for the veterans budget, including the VA, um, you know, all the veterans, um, other services. There's 16.5 million veterans. So that comes to about $9,000 per veteran, okay? $9,000 per veteran per year, okay, in that year. If you compare that to the 2022 budget, we spent nearly $75 billion, at least what we know, right? Not the hidden stuff for Ukraine. And there's around 700,000 active personnel in Ukraine at the time. So if you divide this about $107,000 per person, per military person in Ukraine. So we're spending really 10 times more for the military personnel per person in Ukraine than we are for our own veterans. And the Ukraine and the budget for US budget for Ukraine in 2023 is going to be unlimited and discretionary. And we don't know how many people they're going to have. Um, but this is where it's looking. And I think it's important to do this analysis because you start realizing that the United States military doesn't give a damn about its own veterans. The United States military, NATO, and that machinery is all about itself. Why would you need 44 four-star generals when in the middle of World War II, you only had seven? They'd become top-heavy. And that's what these institutions become. They become top-heavy to sustain themselves. I use, I like to use the term military industrial academic complex. You see this in major academia. You go to places like MIT or Harvard and Yale. Before they used to have, you know, um, you know, uh, a few number of administrators to support the students and the professors. Now the number of administrators in all these institutions has grown. All the money they get from donors, most of it's going to administrator salaries. It's called the admin. So institutions of power start expanding for their own existence. And that's what's happened with NATO. This is why as president of the United States, I would pull us out of NATO. There's a very, very important, because they don't need to exist and they've become a reckless organization. Now there's a very important thing that we need to talk about, right? And we need to talk about the substantial thing that people get lost in when I said, hey, I put out a tweet and I said, you know, this entire thing that's going on is really ultimately about US-NATO imperialism to take over Russia. And someone said, oh, you're supporting Putin. 
You see the jump that people do. I'm not supporting Putin. What I'm saying is this is about one mafia guy wanting to go into the territory of another mafia guy. And I want to discuss this in detail in the next 10, 15 minutes because this understanding is central for us as everyday people um, really understanding what's going on, not getting lost in this left-right narrative. And many of you know my intention in running for president is to really inspire people that we have to build a bottoms-up movement, that we have to change things in a fundamental way because both wings of the U.S. establishment, Democrat and Republican, are destroying, excuse me, the health of the American people. They're destroying the health of the American people. And in fact, and that's shown since 1980 to today, Americans' life expectancy is going down while the rest of the industrial nation is going up. So all their policies are not working, which means they don't give a damn about the American people. They don't give a damn about the Russian people, the Ukrainian people, the Vietnamese people. They only give a damn about the military industrial complex, which is going to get $1 trillion, guys, $1 trillion, right, to, to, and to conduct wars where they don't care about the Ukrainian people or the Russian people. So we need to build this bottoms-up movement. And the only force on the planet now that is organizing that bottoms-up movement, and the only one that can win it is a movement for truth, freedom, health. So I want to play this video, and I want to encourage all of you to become students, contributors, participants, and become what I call truth, freedom, and health warriors. Let me play this video. I hope it inspires you. We have right allowed our country to be taken over from within, and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you, deep down inside them, that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to, and we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that, and that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left-wing, right-wing, there's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We got to train people first with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth which is science and without freedom you can't really get to truth and without truth you make up fake problems and fake solutions which means you destroy our health and without health which is the infrastructure of us and our body you can't fight for freedom truth freedom health third concept is it has to be bottoms up working people people who work uniting and what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite that must be communist Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, 
forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. We're building a bottoms up movement. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhelp.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com. So people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a Truth, Freedom, Health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. But we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Before I close out, I want to make a very important point. Again, those of you joining, welcome. Um, I hope you have a chance to go review the video, but what we're talking about is why we need to get out of NATO. When I say we, the United States, why NATO should be shut down, and we have to really support, if anyone, uh, the veterans um, in the United States who fought these imperialist wars. And we have to recognize that ultimately, when you look at all these wars, it's one poor person fighting another poor person. It's one working class person fighting another working class person. You will not see Elon Musk going and fighting, you know, uh, Vladimir Putin. You will not see, you know, Donald Trump's kids going and fighting, um, uh, you know, the elites in Vietnam. That's not what's going to happen. What you have is the people on the ground who are being brutalized, who lose all their arms or legs, uh, get PTSD or everyday working people really have to uh, reckon with that. The jingoism and the patriotism that takes place is all about bamboozling people to go fight wars of imperialism. Because most of these wars, very few times, are the wars really wars of liberation. They're really wars of imperialism. So when 
I state that we should get out of NATO, and I state that the uh, U.S. NATO is all about basically weakening and destroying Russia. What I'm meaning is that U.S. and NATO is not like they have uh, some interest to free their Russian people. No, if you look at Russia on a map, you know, and you consider the amount of wealth Russia has, there's dollar signs that people see. That's what they see. They see titanium. They see gold. They see natural gas. Um, they see uh, what the what the Europeans and the particularly the British saw in Africa. And when they went into Africa, you know, there were uh, tribes leaders who controlled major parts of Africa. Well, the British went in there, and they basically sliced up Africa. They had these people with the ancient histories. Um, basically created div divide and rule, but the goal was ultimately to steal the land and take all the resources from Africa. So um, in the plan of US-NATO and Western imperialism, the goal is to seize Russia ultimately, break it up into small countries, do what they did in Russia. That's the, that's the goal. And this is not something um, that I'm making up. It's been well written about um, by many, many scholars. So it's one imperialist, one thug wanting to go take land away from another thug. Now you have to ask if you're um, uh, in the kingdom of one thug and other people in the kingdom of another thug, we as everyday people, we have nothing to gain from these wars. Um, if you go back again, as I mentioned, this um, uh, you'll see a picture of me with the U.S. out of Iraq. Well, uh, I have always been anti-war protester against these wars of imperialism. When I got my PhD graduation, you can see in that picture, when I was getting my PhD graduation, um, the speaker that I might, and there's about 20,000 people there, um, uh, the speaker there was this guy called Muhammad Yunus. And meanwhile, you know, it was about, you know, microfinancing. That's who MIT had brought in. I was so appalled because at that time, is there's a bloody war that had just started uh, where the U.S. had basically started this war with Saddam Hussein under this thesis of weapons of mass destruction, which were found to be totally uh, bogus, right? And I'm wondering, why isn't any student saying anything? When I came to MIT in 1980, there were vibrant people who protested, uh, people had political discussions, and all these 20,000 families and people were just listening there. So I was sitting in my seat, wondering what the hell's going on. Uh, while I had my graduation robe on, I ran back into my lab, so I had to go through the crowd, found this piece of paper and put U.S. out of Iraq, came back, put it under my robe. And then when I went to and they said, you know, Dr. Shiva, here's your Ph.D. I, I pulled it out and I held this up. Now, half of the crowd booed me, the 10,000 people. And the other half started cheering and giving me a standing ovation. But I did the right thing at the right time. As it turned out, what I said was absolutely true. There was no weapons of mass destruction. So if you look at my history as an activist, as someone on the ground, I am always two to three years ahead. It was my work, our movement, which discovered the backdoor portal to Twitter two years, three years earlier. It was my work that exposed Fauci. It was my work that exposed the election systems integrity. I have to take credit for it because I did the hard work. These other people didn't. They were grifters. But that's why that picture is important to me. And for those of you who want to study more about me, you can go look at my entire history. I've always been a ground fighter. And that's why we need to build a bottoms up movement global. And our movement for truth, freedom and health is a global movement. We're in 95 countries, 350,000 people. And 
It is the force of that movement that gives me the energy and the support, the mental energy and the inspiration to run for president because we need to change the paradigm because NATO, the US NATO military industrial complex has become its own beast. It, it has nothing to do with fighting for you or me or for Russia or for the Ukrainian people. It's using the Ukrainian people and, and using them as a proxy, as someone said a proxy war to basically, you know, one thug shooting at the other thug to see how many holes he can put in to weaken them to go seize their land. So I'm not supporting Putin. I'm not supporting Biden. I support working people. And we need to recognize that we're all being screwed with. Okay. That's what we need to do. Um, as Maria, uh, Maria just put out this number, Dr. Shiva is the only one for president who's the only one who deserves to be president. And we keep growing our independent movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, help. Anyway, so thank you. So please go become a warrior scholar. Um, and by the way, uh, don't forget uh, every um, every Thursdays, you can come interact with me live on video at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. We do an open house. Go to vashiva.com slash orientation. You're all welcome. And we have great discussion. We discuss great topics. And we also do our town hall on that same day at 8 p.m. for uh, my run for president. Okay, it's a different meeting. But anyway, what you start recognizing when you really look at NATO is if we don't get out of NATO, if we don't get out of NATO soon, we're going to be pulled into uh, a major nuclear war. Why do I say that? Because what's fundamentally happened is that the United States right now only has ammunitions left for one week. Think about, so if you looked at the military actual ammunitions, there's only enough munitions left for one week. Okay, one week, about one week's worth of munitions and missiles. So what that means is that if you looked at the U.S. arsenal, we've sent so much munitions, so much missiles over to Ukraine, over to NATO, that we only have one week for a defensive war. And we frankly don't have the capacity to produce the other weapons quickly. Right. That's one side. The other side is look at the personnel that we have. We used to have 12 million people, 12 million people ready to fight in World War II, when I say we, the United States. Now we have about 1.1 million people, one-twelfth of that. And many of those people, and if you talk to recruiters, they're not even ready to go fight a ground war. So if you can't fight a ground war and you don't have enough munitions, what does this mean? What is the logical conclusion? The logical conclusion is you're going to fight a nuclear war. You're going to fight not a conventional war, but a very highly unconventional war. That's what this means. Follow the, um, uh, exactly, uh, recycling guy says, uh, no person um, is looking to support this war. And the war that they would likely wanna do is to get Russia involved in a nuclear war. In fact, a paper just came out in a, in a and I'll bring this up here, uh, uh, what I call a CIA front organization, um, and by the way, um, called um, Russia Matters. And if you go to Russia, Mat let me put this up, russiamatters.org. Um, and you type in nuclear war. Let me bring this up. Um, you'll find a very, very, um, very, very, uh, where is it? Where's the article here? Yeah. Um, I got to find it here. Um, I'll bring it up. Russia Matters. Um Russia Matters is a publication. Uh, let me find it here. 
But in I, I was quite, um, it was very intriguing to fight, find this article because the article from Russia Matters basically says that um, there is going, that Putin will, will definitely use nuclear weapons. Okay, here it is. Let me bring this up. And I was trying to find out who the hell is Russia Matters. Okay, so let me bring up this article. So this is an article um, that is written by, I thought it was just some random blog when I first saw it. And here it is. And it's an article written in this magazine called Russia Matters. I thought it was from Russia. Why Putin will use nuclear weapons in Ukraine. Okay. Well, guess who writes this? It's a Harvard Kennedy Belfer Center for Science and International Affairs. And they're based, and remember, this is a CIA front organization. The Belfer School is the same school that I found in my 2020 lawsuit. They're the ones who created the government censorship infrastructure that is being used against us. So the Belfer School under the, is basically saying that Putin will use nuclear weapons. And they're basically saying he's going to use nuclear weapons. Now, this is sort of the pot calling the kettle black. So basically, the theorists over at the Belfer School are saying, oh, yeah, Russia is going to start a nuclear war. It's almost they want them to start a nuclear war. OK, that's what they're fundamentally saying. All right. So um, the issue here and Elliot James needs to probably take our course because there's a lot of these people get involved in this constitutional stuff and they don't understand first principles. So Elliot, you need, you don't understand the first principles of system science. So you think you do, but you don't, you're an unconscious incompetent. The real first principles are that there is foundational aspects of how all systems work with, which is what we teach at Truth, Freedom and Health. So Elliot, please get involved. Um, come and join us on, um, on, on this Thursday. But the fundamental issue is once you understand the true first principles, you start recognizing that the establishment has created schools like the Belfer School, the Kennedy School of Government, the home of people like, they used to be a home of people like Henry Kissinger, right? And these institutions are essentially brainwashing people to think that Russia wants a nuclear war, when in fact, it's more than likely US and NATO want a nuclear war because they don't have any munitions left. They have one week's of munitions left on the one hand, and the soldiers that they have probably could never fight a conventional war, okay? So that's fundamentally where we're headed, and that's why this is dangerous. And what I wanted to do this talk, we in the United States, the most powerful nation on the planet, the people of the United States, the people of the United States need to support this movement that we're building because it's only the force of this movement that's going to save not only the quote-unquote the planet, the planet will survive, but working people's future because the elites will use working people to fight in these wars of imperialism. We want to thank uh, Online Call who says the story behind the out of Iraq picture is awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. So anyway, you're looking at someone who's been on the ground fighter, still is an on the ground fighter. We need to build an on the ground bottoms up movement. Nothing else is going to do it. Trump ain't going to do it. DeSantis ain't going to do it. And especially the scumbags like Robert Booby, F. And Kennedy. A lot of these morons, these liberals and these liberal conservatives, as I call them, think he's their savior, but he's a scumbag. He is specifically who the deep state wants because they want to take all this anger that people are developing and thinking he's a, a, a false god and bring him in, right? He's no different than Elon Musk, Tucker Carlson, 
Booby F. Kennedy Jr. These people are really the antichrist in my view, right? They say one thing and they will do completely the other. So please recognize that we need to build a bottoms up movement. Working people all over the world need to come together. In fact, our movement for truth, freedom, health, as I mentioned, has nearly 400,000 people all over the world, 95 countries, and close to half a billion people have seen our videos. And this is why they shadow ban us. They don't want others to know we exist, but it doesn't matter because people like you are watching this video, share this video, you know, uh, click on the subscribe, notify others about it, and come on Thursday to our open house so you can understand that we have solutions. This is not just about critiquing, but we have solutions. Um, support uh, our run for president of the United States. Go to shivaforpresident.com, get gear, volunteer, uh, donate whatever you want. And when you donate, I give you lots of books and courses, et cetera. So take advantage of that. And But recognize every Thursday at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m., um, we have an open house, vashiva.com slash orientation. Go sign up there. So anyway, in summary, we must get out of NATO, okay? We're feeding this monster, okay? Which has nothing to do with protecting us. So that's why I say, as president of the United States, the first thing I would do is, get us the hell out of NATO. There's no need for NATO. It is a defunct organization. It's it's life has run itself out. It doesn't need to even exist anymore. Okay. So there you go, everyone. So anyway, I welcome you all as I close out. A number of you may want to know um, some of the important uh, aspects of the movement uh, for Truth, Freedom, Health. Um, if you'd like to uh, know more, I'll just play this uh, quick video so you can learn about it. But have a good night. But go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Also, uh, support the campaign shiverforpresident.com. Hello, this is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Welcome to VA Shiva, the platform of education, technology, and activism, so you may raise your consciousness to win the truth, freedom, and health you need to create the future you deserve. The VA Shiva platform provides this truth, freedom, health warrior scholars the following three capabilities. Number one, an ultimate education that is based on the science of systems. Number two, technologies to empower you to take charge of your health, as well as social media tools, independent of big tech, so you can connect with other incredible truth, freedom, health warrior scholars equally dedicated like you to winning truth, freedom, and health. Three, instruments for activism so you become a beacon of light in your online and offline community to educate others' growth and advancement. VA Shiva provides you the foundations of the science of systems, the ultimate education. The science of systems provides you the missing fundamental scientific knowledge to understand every system in and around you. The science of systems will enable you to uncover the real problem and real solution in any situation and on any issue. Concerning the educational component, first you will receive direct access to me to learn the science of systems in my three-hour live private online group class that I run every week. Second, you will have access to archive lectures so you can continue your education independent of me. Third, you can test your proficiency in learning the fundamental principles and get a formal certification for the foundations of systems. Independent of this classroom education, you will receive also four important books. The first book is the best-selling classic Systems and Revolution from which you can learn all of these concepts and more. The second book is the science of everything that will educate you on how the science of systems 
systems is the foundational knowledge of every system in the universe. The third book, Your Body, Your System, focuses on how to understand the interplay of these systems within your own body. And then the fourth book, Your System, Your Life, will help you apply these principles to other aspects of your life, such as running a business, understanding relationships, and more. Beyond the curriculum and books, the second capability is the technologies that you will be afforded. One of them is a powerful Your Body, Your System software, which is an online laboratory where you can use your body as a system to further deepen your understanding of the science of systems. The tool allows you to understand what kind of system you are. Is your system on course or is it off course? And how the inputs of food, supplements, herbs, activities such as sleep, yoga, meditation, exercise can affect your body to bring it back on course. Finally, to support your education, I've also included a seminal scientific paper that I wrote which will help you understand that the knowledge of systems it does not only originate in the modern world starting in the 1920s and 30s, but it actually dates back 10 to 20,000 years and intersects directly with the foundations of Eastern systems of medicine. In addition to this, you will also get two scientific papers sharing how the science of systems can also be used to apply to understanding how food is medicine. One paper exposes turmeric from the molecular systems level and how it affects your body. The other paper explores ginger and how that affects your body. That's just the educational piece. As you raise your consciousness through this education, you will likely want to connect with other Truth Freedom Health Warrior Scholars in an environment where you can connect and build community. To support that, I've also created two powerful social media tools. One of them is the VA Shiva Forum. Here you can start discussions, you can pose questions and meet others and have healthy debates. The other is VA Shiva Social, where you can create your own profile, your own presence, like other major social media tools. However, it is independent of big tech. You can use VA Shiva Social to interconnect with your fellow Truth Freedom Health Warrior scholars and build community. Beyond the education capability and the social media capability, the platform also enables you to take action by disseminating your knowledge on the ground and into your local online and offline communities. Powerful educational cards and research are included so you can pass these cards to your friends and neighbors that provide them summarized content which further directs them to online research and education. In addition to this, the activism component also provides you many, many short one-minute educational video content, memes, and text allowing you to quickly craft messages for your Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and other pages so you can deliver content to educate others and drive them to longer educational posts on VA Shiva. VA Shiva is fundamentally an enabling platform for you to get the truth, freedom, and health you deserve through education, technology, and activism. I hope you become a truth, freedom, and health warrior scholar today. Thank you. All right, everyone, I hope you have a good evening, good morning, or good afternoon, wherever you are. Um, again, in conclusion, I hope you enjoyed this, but please recognize that everyday working people, wherever you are, we need to build a bottoms-up movement. The good news is the movement for truth, freedom, health is here. We provide you the tools so you don't have to run around making mistakes and following false gods. It's here. But relative to NATO, U.S. must get out of NATO, and that's the first thing I do as president. It's an evil organization. It does not serve anything but itself. It exists for its own existence. That's it. So you can uh, educate other people, let other people know about this, share it, subscribe to it, um, get the word out there. And that's the way you can help yourself in the movement. Be well, be the light. Thank you.